Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Opera After Dark. Everyone, today we are in our, I guess this is our fourth annual holiday favorites episode. Ooh. Our traditional, or what we are making it a tradition of around the holiday season in December, talking about some of our favorite winter holiday music. This is a perfect time to say to everyone out there, happy holidays on behalf of Opera After Dark, whether you celebrate any particular holiday that's right. Or no holiday. Maybe you celebrate the winter solstice. But if you celebrate a holiday that involves gift giving, Opera After Dark merchandise is the perfect gift <laughs> for someone to find on that holiday morn. For all of your opera friends. What opera friend doesn't want a mug with an right? awesome Mozart head on it? Or a hoodie for or... those cold, cold winter nights. That's right. Should we? We'll add some socks. Yeah, there'll be some socks mm. on too. You can <laughs> get some nice, stuffers. yeah, some nice warm. And if socks. you're listening to this too late to give a gift because your your holiday of gift giving has passed, it's never too late. Right. You know, you can have a nice New Year surprise for somebody. Or Ooh, you could celebrate. Yeah. What is it? Epiphany. Is that Epiphany. when you, you yes. give the gifts on like January sixth or something? When the wise men came. Oh. <laughs> That's what you can yes. say if you're just like a habitually late gift giver. You can say. I was waiting uh, for I, the wise I was, men. <laughs> I was waiting for epiphany. Okay. Waiting for epiphany. <laughs> yes. I have to say that I remember when we recorded this episode last year that I kind of used up all my operatic holiday favorites. Mm-hmm. Anyone who listens to podcast by me. <laughs> <laughs> knows that I love Hansel and Gretel over the holidays. Right. And I think I like waxed poetic about it for probably 20 minutes last year. Yep. So I'm not going to talk about, talk about that. I'm also a Handel's Messiah fan, which mm-hmm. I know we've talked about. So we'll have to leave that mm-hmm. there. And surely yep. we've talked about the Nutcracker. Surely. I think we I mentioned it. I remember us talking about Boem because everyone loves to see Boem right. around Christmas, Christmas time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And now, actually, Magic Flute has become a holiday presentation for multiple companies. I think because it's so family-friendly. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's one that people will translate into English and do for the whole family. Mm-hmm. So we had to dig a little deeper this year because... We have used up a lot of our canonical opera favorites to talk mm-hmm. about in relation to the holidays. So my holiday favorite this year, I'm taking it back to our very first ever episode of Opera After Dark. <gasps> um, give a little shout out to Berlioz. Aww. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hector. First mm. episode was definitely Puccini. Oh, shit. You're right. It's Third okay. episode. Yeah. Third, Third episode. episode. Yeah. The early days. It was the early days. Barely we were else. all younger then. Um, Besides, maybe we did it all in one go. I don't know. I think we, I don't remember. So third episode, Berlioz, my mistake. Early days of season one. So Berlioz, beyond the fact, you know, attempted murder, crazy person, whatever. Egomaniac. It's fine. He wrote an oratorio called um, the L'Enfance du Christ, which is basically the 
the infancy of Jesus. Mm. Oh, I um, did not and know it's this. the story of um, Mary and Joseph fleeing, so Mary can, um, you know, give birth and protect mm-hmm. her child, and they're looking for a manger and all that kind of stuff. And it's, I mean, it's really pretty. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's really pretty. I went, does that get programmed? Mary is a mezzo. It Ooh. does get programmed. It's long, and because it's barely O.C. Orchestra is huge, and it it's like a huge chorus and like six soloists, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really pretty. Yeah, I bet. Is there a moment for the mezzo that's your favorite, or like a big aria that's always done for her? Well, Mary and Joseph have this big duet where they're like. <laughs> Oh, no, where are we going to have this baby? That's what everybody has always wanted. You know, I've really missed a duet between Mary and Joseph. True. That's lovely, Elspeth. Thank you. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, I'm going to have to choice. listen to the whole thing because I'm not very familiar with it. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Sounds like it. Yeah. Who's next? Naomi. My turn? All right. So as I said at the beginning of this episode, I went through a lot of my operatic favorites. So I veered away from opera as well this year. And one of my favorite choral pieces ever is actually based on a Christmas text. And so it does always come up for me in my playlist um, around the Christmas season. It's on my Vinox Music playlist. Mm. And and it is O Magnum Mysterium. Okay. But it is the version composed by Morton Lauridson. Yeah. Yes. I don't know this. You don't know this? No. Oh, it's so pretty. So the original O Magnum Mysterium text is from the Christmas day office hours in like the old school church. And so like monks would have office hours where essentially it's like just times of the day where they would sing psalms or they would sing um, texts to kind of very set melodies that were passed down for generations by kind of memorization, but then were also written down in like early medieval notation. Mm-hmm. And so this was a text from the Matins office hour, which was the first one of the day. And um, so the original melody is like the traditional chant melody 
to the text O Magnum Mysterium. And then Morton Lauridson took that original melody with the text and he wrote like a new variation choral arrangement on that original melody. So it is absolutely beautiful, but I love his music so much. And Did you sing wrote, this, Naomi? I've actually never sung O Magnum Mysterium. I've sung his Ubi Caritas and also mm. Ave Maria, which are also favorites of mine. They're mm-hmm. so beautiful. But this one, because of its Christmas text, I think can become a holiday favorite. Even though when you listen oh, to definitely. it, it might not immediately shout Christmas to you. But for me, I just listen to it all the time around Christmas time. So it becomes associated with that and the text means oh great mystery and wonderful sacrament that animals should see the newborn lord lying in a manger blessed is the virgin whose womb was worthy to bear the lord jesus christ alleluia mm-hmm. i All did right. i did sing this one in a high school chamber choir oh i'm jealous i don't know how good it was but uh <laughs> it happened you got to do it i'm sure it was beautiful <laughs> and also like I think if you ever in your life get a chance to sing in a choir where you get to sing Morton Lauridson, it's pretty amazing because his chords are really dense. He Mm -hmm. likes a lot of kind of like clusters of harmony that Mm -hmm. then slowly resolve. And so when you're actually standing in the middle of human bodies making those sounds, like it has a magical feeling to it. It's just like it's really amazing. So pretty indulgent as a singer. It is, but let's listen to a little bit of it. This is O Magnum Mysterium by Morton Lawrence. That's all I got. I limited myself Ooh. to just mm-hmm. one. And Kyle, I think you're going to finish us out. Yeah, I essentially have one, but I also want to make mention of a title that I've not seen, but I would really like to see. Hopefully by this time next year, I'll have seen it somewhere. But um, within the past maybe two years, uh, there's a new opera composed based on It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, mm-hmm. composed by Jake Heggie. Have either of you guys seen oh. it? No, I've not I know seen about it. it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, so it was done, I think it was done in 
San Diego, um, and a couple of other places. But I love that movie, and so mm-hmm. I would love to see the operatic version. Uh, so yeah, that's on my on my wish list, if you will, as a a new holiday opera. But my favorite for this year is actually an opera that I've talked about on the podcast before, but not in this context, and that's Kevin Putz and Mark Campbell's Silent Night. I knew you were going to say that. Good choice. Why are you so skeptical, Elspeth? I'm not skeptical. I'm just saying I knew you were going to say that. You know me well. Mm. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of opera companies, certainly that have performed this opera, haven't performed it at Christmas time because it's not... And I guess it's not specifically like a holiday opera, but I mean, it takes place at Christmas. It's like the whole crux of the opera mm-hmm. is that it's during World War One, and there's this spontaneous Christmas truce uh, between, you know, German and British and French troops where they come together. And there's some really nice, like sentimental moments where they come together over this shared holiday or at least these shared traditions and they do have in the british regiment it's a scottish regiment and there's this priest that leads a mass for all of the soldiers and some of the soldiers are like yeah i'm I'm not religious so they don't really take part in that but it's still like you know there are christmas trees and they share champagne or they share whiskey or other things like that chocolate And so they're able to come together, even though they're fighting a war, they're able to share this same holiday and realize they're all just people. You know, they have more in common than they have not in common. And didn't it kind of start because there was a bit of a lull in the fighting and one of the sides, the men in the trenches, started singing a Christmas carol and then the other side started singing in their own language, the same carol, but in their own language and then, yeah yeah like it kind of progressed mm-hmm. from there so it's interesting that music was a big part of what even like instigated it in the beginning yeah and that's the opera itself uh it's based off of a movie that uh kind of was an amalgamation of different stories that happened in real life like this was a real life occurrence and they brought together different stories that the soldiers wrote about in their letters home about this amazing Christmas truce, but very often it, this happened all along the the Western Front in in the war, and m- many in many different places there were occurrences of, of shared music uh, mm-hmm. as something that that brought people together. And this does manifest in the opera. There's a moment where a, yes, a German soldier who is coincidentally an opera singer, uh, he's singing for the German troops, and then this the scottish bagpiper like plays along uh with and i think it is silent night that he's singing um Mm -hmm. and the scottish bagpiper sings along uh and so then the german jumps out of the trenches and they all decide to meet up but probably the most beautiful musical moment from the opera is when they're doing the christmas mass And there's, I won't go into huge detail, but there's also a female opera singer that's there at the front lines with them by kind of happenstance. And she sings this really beautiful Ave Maria 
that um, I'm fairly certain, well, there there's a version in the movie that was composed just for the movie, and then a beautiful version that is composed, of course, just for the opera. So I think we should listen to a little bit of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I do agree that that is a beautiful part of the opera. Mm-hmm, definitely. I will also say that we should play out to the other really beautiful part. There's lots of beautiful parts of that opera, but there's one particular moment that's a choral moment that I feel like is always played as an example of the music from Silent Night. So we'll play that as we play out. Uh, yes, so the, the one of the favorite moments of the opera, and actually Kevin puts has told us that one of his favorite moments is this sleep chorus where Mm -hmm. all of the soldiers simultaneously, this is before they come together, but you see them in their different trenches and they sing about how they just want a good night's sleep while they're there on the front. It's really, really pretty. And so Mm -hmm. we'll play to that going out. But before we go out, we once again want to wish you all a very, very happy holiday, whatever that holiday might be. And have a wonderful new year. We hope everyone is safe and warm and (laughs) is enjoying their time wherever they happen to be. Yes, this is our last new episode of 2019, but we'll be right back with you in the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties! That's so crazy. Oh my gosh. We live such elaborate lives, guys. We (laughs) (laughs) We live such elaborate lives. We'll see you on the the social media. Leave us a review, all of those things. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next year. I'm Kyle. I'm Naomi. And I'm Elspeth. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.